are you familiar with the show? You can say now. I've listened to some episodes, but I have not, as of late, I've not come to listen to them all the way through. That's okay. I just want to know if you understand the vibe of the program. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my intro, and then we're just going to get into it. It's probably not going to be a super long one this week. I did an hour and a half long show last week. Oh, man. Um, but also, like, that's like a once a month, hour and a half long show. Yeah. And then it's already kind of late. I have a weird week coming up. Yeah, but no. I figure we'll get a good 30, 30 to forty five minutes worth of content out of this. Hey, that's fine with me, man. Howdy, strangers! Al Mirabella here, the host of Howdy Strangers, a show dedicated to the hornet currently flying around my apartment that I don't know how to get rid of. Um, I feel like the apartment is the hornet's apartment now, and I can't put him in a jar or anything. And I looked, and I thought maybe I had like wasp spray which i don't even know if works on a hornet this is the biggest it's huge i don't even know how to describe it it's like gotta be as long as my index finger and that doesn't sound long but think about a bug that big okay this is a large aggressive aggressive hornet that i found in my uh in my shower but you know what needless to say it's not my shower anymore this apartment belongs to the hornet i'm just here taking up space i will hopefully at some point have my apartment back when it decides to leave I don't know how to get it out of the apartment, but anyway, this is the Hornet cast. Uh, this week, we're talking to Dalton. <laughs> Dalton Wright, uh, a celebrated uh, Floridian musician, celebrated personal friend of mine, and probably the most solid member of the entire group chat. Dalton, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. And I actually want to touch on the Hornet thing for a second. When I was uh, probably in like eighth grade or so, I had a single wasp that would fly around my room and I couldn't get rid of it. I could never hit it because it was too high. And finally, I just said, you know what? I'm going to accept you in my room and you're just going to be here. And it always stayed for like a month. It would stay around my curtain area, but it wouldn't mess with me. So maybe if you just ex- like you, you're kind of on the right path. If you accept the Hornet, it'll be fine. You are so woke. You're like one of the smartest people I know. You you have the entire universe figured out, Dalton, and you don't want people to know about it. It's from the, it's usually the beard. The beard helps a little bit, I think. <laughs> so uh, we were just talking pre-show about your beard. It's you have a very strong beard. Uh, you look. I don't want to say older than you are, but you look like a grown ass man. Like you are like one of the grown. Like I often forget that you are younger than me. Yeah, um, I just assume you're 10 years older than me. And it's not just in the fact that you kind of you do have like a like an older gentleman's vibe about you. But you also just like just feel like you have life figured out. It, it seems you're a married man, I which am, is rare yeah. amongst our personal friend group. You are also yeah. one of my oldest friends. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> mm. um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I attribute a lot of the. I do have some older tendencies, I suppose, like mostly from hanging out with my dad. I, I really, he's, you know, he's, he's turning 60 this year, but he's a, he's a good old boy. And, um, growing up, you know, wake up with him, drink coffee and watch CBS Sunday, whatever. And, uh, you know, listen to some tunes and that's been my life goal pretty much ever since. So <laughs> are you and your dad close? Yes. Very close. How long have you known him? Um, I would say uh, <laughs> most of my life. 
there was a couple of years at the beginning there where you were kind yeah, of checked I could, out maybe i was like ah, we didn't we didn't talk a lot because uh, i couldn't but uh we got it all figured out now <laughs> how do you how do you and your dad like what what's your bonding activity with your dad besides sitting around watching cbs <laughs> um it, there's a few things i know we we love listening to music so we always show each other he loves old like old school stuff so he'll show me songs that he remembers and i'll show him more recent stuff i like um and we'll bond over that or really we love um he's got this boat we'll go out on the boat and he loves to fish and just kind of you know go through the pensacola bay and hang out so those are two major things that we like to do for sure shout out to pensacola bay the place where everybody takes their boat in pensacola yeah (laughs) definitely what kind of boat does your dad have it's a pontoon. It's a pontoon. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's it's um it's not huge, but it's it's pretty nice. And uh, he got it reupholstered when he bought it because he got a really good deal on it. And we take it out sometimes, and uh, it's really relaxing, um, especially on like a Sunday when there's not a ton of people on the bay, and we just like go out and when it's not too cold, try to hop in the water and uh, swim amongst the other life forms in the water. When was the last time you went out? Um, I think last, honestly, last September. Um, because at that point, around October, it starts getting pretty chilly. And we actually, it was actually cold this winter down here. So we just haven't had a chance until recently to go take it out again. And I think we're going to try mm-hmm. to do that soon. So, Yeah, this is, it's finally starting to warm up a little bit, I feel like. Yeah, thankfully. I'm excited for it. I, I won't be excited when it's like 98 and humidity is 100%, but I'm definitely excited to swim and not want to freeze to death you know you know one thing that i've missed since i've moved to atlanta is the sticky hotness of florida that i used to hate like i feel like it's so refreshing when i get down there now it's like yes cover me in a, a tiny amount a film of, of liquid. mist yeah it's like a little it's a little film it's like a, a little bit of water tension on you at all times like if you put your finger on you you'll see like oh the water's going there okay cool but I, I see what you're – I understand because I, I've got some friends in Marietta, which is pretty close to Atlanta, obviously. And um, when it's hot up there, I mean, it, it's pretty darn warm, but it's not as humid as down here. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you come back and it's a little warm. There may be like two or three days a year in Atlanta where it is like miserably hot. I hear a lot of people in Atlanta who are like, oh, my God, it's so humid and hot here. You know how it is living in the south. I'm like, this is nothing. This I don't is mind no, this. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so you you have you have people in marietta have you been to atlanta have you come up here oh yeah um i actually me and emily will go a lot of times we'll go about once a year at least to marietta to see our friends and then we'll end up going downtown atlanta just to like walk around we love the aquarium and the just there's a lot of stuff to see around there so we we'd usually go about once a year I think Atlanta is like the metropolitan place of the entire Southeast that like, if you're going to spend a long weekend somewhere, you really can't beat spending a weekend in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think so. Cause I like, I mean, I like new Orleans as well, but Atlanta feels like a big city. If that makes sense. New Orleans is yeah, almost right. kind of, it's big, but it's, um, it's more down to earth in a way. Whereas Atlanta, downtown Atlanta at night is just like, Whoa, like just another world. Well, I think that New Orleans feels old. Like it feels yeah, like I agree with that. It, and it is old, but it like that's like the vibe of of New Orleans. <laughs> they kept right? it that way. They kept it that way yeah, for sure. Exactly. Atlanta, and is, Atlanta like, is very metropolitan, very yeah. big, and very like we're we're a big city. Yeah, definitely. 
So I do want to talk to you just while we have the opportunity about your new record you have coming out. I want to talk yeah. about this new song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to talk about, well, I'll get to it. Sure. T- tell me about this new album. Tell me about the track that you released first. Okay, sure. So I released a single called Treasure Chest. It's the first single. What genre? From, what genre? Uh, genre, I would say like alternative, uh, maybe singer-songwriter, alternative rock. Um, I've had a hard time nailing the genre on it because it's not – It's I've had someone describe it as taking back Sunday, but the vocals are very conversational. So I've been using that. <laughs> yeah, instead of yelling, it's just me – trying to sing over it. So uh, it was definitely more driving than anything I've done before. Um, pretty upbeat, kind of melancholy um, with the, the tone of, of how I'm trying to sing and also the lyric content. But it's the first uh, first single for this album that's going to be called Artifacts coming out, hopefully probably looking at around May, end of April, May or so. Mm. Is the whole thing kind of in that same upbeat alternative area are, are we shifting away from an evening in era dalton right we're definitely shifting away a little bit there's there's probably i'd say a handful of songs on there are definitely more just more uh, there's a lot more going on i layered a lot of guitar stuff the drums are more driving for sure uh, there are some there's like two acoustic songs on there and there's one song that's almost like a really laid back kind of country-esque i don't want to say alt country because i'm not i'm not cool enough to to define that as a genre i play but um, definitely a shift towards more energetic music, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to hear it. You're one of the most talented musicians that I know. And uh, a, a person who like I'm whenever I talk about local music, like why people should support local music. I'm always like Dalton Wright is like a, a, a touchstone, a staple, because it's like this is a kind of music that you it's not anywhere else. You have to just come to Pensacola, Florida or wherever your hometown is to find people who are making music like this that I don't want to say like your music is certainly commercially viable, but it's also like not feel like you could take the same songs that you write. You would be like the perfect, like LA pop songwriter, like (laughs) adult uh, alternative contemporary songwriter even. And like, you could like write just the, the top 40 versions of those tracks, but you like, you're right. You do kind of like you're you're very conversational, laid back. You like reel it in while a lot of it has sort of like a grandiose feel to it. It's still very like. Uh, this is where I'm thinking of. It's like. Quaint is such a bad word to say. Quaint. <laughs> Maybe you're like just, accessible. You're just making your own shit. You're like, this is my shit that I make for me. And if other people yeah. like it, that is also fine. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's how I feel. And it's funny because. I, I write these songs and I always imagine like, okay, I'm trying to sing these songs and, and perform, but I also would be super down if people wanted to try to do something with the songs themselves. And I've always encouraged that. Like, if you dig it, like do something with it by all means. I think it's an honor, honestly, if somebody wants to, if, if they feel inspired by something you've done and they want to make it their own, I think that would be awesome. So. The first time I ever found out that someone had played one of my songs that I didn't know was just some guy from Tasmania who <laughs> sent me a cover that he had posted on YouTube. That's and I was awesome. like, I was so mad because he did the song so much better than I did too. I was like, fuck this guy. Man, that's, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of, I don't know anyone that I, I can name who has sent me like, oh, I did this. Um, I don't remember, but honestly, if it exists somewhere, very cool. And I hope they keep doing it. Cause that, that is 
you know, I think it's a really awesome thing to do or to have done to your own music, you know. I uh, I car sing a, a little bit of uh, a Dalton Wright's an evening in album sometimes. One of the oh, few. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> it's, I would like, you know, I want to touch on it at least a sure. little bit. Oh, this, yeah, like, by all means. Thing that we, we, you know, I would say I was a light collaborator. Oh, uh, but I, yeah. Like a, 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 a vision that you had that I had no idea was going to come out the way that it did. You just were a guy who played acoustic guitar every once in a while. Yeah. And then we were like, we should make, we should record this. And then it was like, I don't know, three weeks and a kilo of cocaine later. I'm just kidding. I've never <laughs> <made> <laughs> And it's like, what is this weird adult contemporary album that Dalton has recorded? It's yeah, very, it, very interesting. It changed for sure uh, some of the, the feel of the songs because when I even when I wrote the songs, it was you know I was just starting to try to get better at songwriting, and it was all acoustic. And then I'm like, oh, I can actually layer things now. Let me try some you know some lead on some of this stuff, and it was very much spontaneous, which I really enjoyed. Um, Sometimes I don't feel like it's as focused as I wish it was. But then again, a lot of it was just seat of the pants. It's like, hey, this sounds good. Let's do it. You know, which I, I looking back, it was a really fun time recording that. And all the promotional stuff that we did was a really fun time as well. Oh, yeah. I love this. The album cover is super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sitting and you're, you're such a young man in it, too. You look so much younger. than <laughs> I you know. Did. It was five but years ago. Then, we were yeah. still like, but even five years ago, we were like, Dalton is the oldest of all of our friends. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, well, I'm, I look very not serious, but I look very um, contemplative on the on the album cover, and it's a great album cover though. At the very least, no matter what, I think it's it was very well done. So I shout outs to NC for that. That, that would look great. Um, another okay. Well, I guess I kind of want to ask: Do you feel like this? You mentioned that that there wasn't as much focus on an evening in. Do you think that this is? a more focused album? And if so, do you think that that's because you're just more confident in yourself as a songwriter? I, I think it's way more focused because I, when I was writing these songs, I wasn't just doing, here's some like a chord progression or like a riff and, and lyrics and vocals. And that's it. It was, I have this chord progression. Okay. Let me find some other guitar stuff to go with that. And I was practicing a lot of different parts. So when the time came to record, I kind of, in my mind, at least arranged these songs to be more full because I knew I wanted more textured, a more textured guitar sound. And also it is the confidence thing. I mean, I've been writing songs and I, I feel like these songs are much better. Definitely more. Um, I've described it as a more mature approach at songwriting um, from me at least. And very focused on trying to, um, I don't know, create, you know, more interesting melodies and understanding composition a little bit more. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Since you have done an evening in and prior to the release of artifacts, you have done a lot of, and maybe you were doing this beforehand, but you definitely uh, were putting a more, you were taking a more serious approach to releasing lo-fi music as well. And like, I'm always, I was flabbergasted the first time I heard you like release a lo-fi track. That was like (laughs) one of the best lo-fi tracks I'd ever heard. And it was just like, hey, look at this thing I just made or whatever. And I'm always so envious. I was like, how is he so good at everything that he does? Do you think that that that, what do you think that you've brought anything from that uh, lo-fi synthesis and actually being kind of like hands on in a digital audio workstation, Mm -hmm. which you weren't as much with the production of an evening in? Do you think that? 
that affected or shaped the record in any way? I think it did as far as there's certain tones that I was trying to get on my lo-fi stuff. I would do, you know, I have my, like a sample or I get a synth sound, but I always wanted to find this type of background part or something that would add texture to the song. So it wasn't just like major seven chords on the piano and drums. Cause that's, everyone does that. It was for me, it's like major seven chords on the piano. Plus let's take a bird call and reverse it and stretch it where it sounds like a whistle, you know, stuff like that. So it was taking it now, obviously on artifacts, <laughs> we didn't get that intense, but it was keeping in mind. I really like having those background parts that when you hear it, you don't think about it, but it makes the song sound really full. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned while trying to get my lo-fi stuff um, together. Cause there's some stuff in this album that's, it's really kind of shoegaze and post-rock based um, just lead stuff with like an Ebo and like stuff like that, that, that kind of dr- goes on in the background. But whenever you listen to the song together, I, I think it makes it sound just a little bit better. Well, I'm super excited to hear it, Dalton. I, uh, I think that you, because of your, I guess you could say your contemplative attitude, right? I feel like you take such a methodical approach to both like writing music and like lyrical composition, like Mm -hmm. everything that you do is such a choice that you make. Yeah. I don't feel like anything that you do comes off as like, well, that was just what happened in the first draft. (laughs) Like you're very, you're like uh, definitely, uh, uh, an excellent editor when it comes to, to to being a musician. Sometimes that's hard. Like I, we all get caught in that trap. That's like I love what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, I oh, I yeah. have written like a <laughs> like a seven minute long song and been like this is great. And then in my afterwards, I'm like, no one wants to listen to a seven minute long folk punk song. That's just yeah. not something anybody's going to listen to. Yeah, and figuring out how to cut it down. But it's more than about cutting it down. I think that there is definitely an element of like at least even going back to an evening in the it was a little like fly by the seat of our pants, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of like aesthetic decisions to the music being made that seemed like really, that went really hand in hand with the lyrical content of the songs. And yeah. I'm really excited to see where you take that on, uh, on artifacts. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a really good point as well Is the whole, the kind of the theme of the album was finding, um, I guess finding things you used to enjoy that you forgot about in a way there's some lyrical stuff about that. Um, and I know when we had talked about album cover stuff, it was pretty much antiquated technology. And that is the artifact instead of like a true, Oh, here's a pot of clay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think there's, I touch on a lot of different things uh, lyrically in artifacts, but um, I, I tried not to get too specific this time. I really wanted not to be vague, but to, if you listen to it, you can put yourself in, in these songs and maybe have your own meanings. You know, I, I really worked on that for these lyrics uh, that you'll hear. I don't know if you ever heard, but uh, Rivers Cuomo has a quote where he says, and now Rivers Cuomo obviously takes that to the extreme because Rivers Cuomo mm-hmm. synthesizes songs in a really interesting and weird way. Yeah. But I remember a quote that he said uh, that if he knows exactly what's happening in a song, like, if he knows and understands every detail of the narrative, then the song isn't any fun for him because he likes to interpret the song after the fact as well, yeah. just like the listener does. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a strong ability. Now there are some people who take very literal songwriting stances and that can be very successful, Yeah, but to do it and to do it well, you have to like, that's like a choice that you have to make. It can't just be a lot of the times people, 
people will write these like diary entry confessional type songs that don't end up going anywhere or yeah. achieving any sort of success because they're they're just not they're relatable in that you feel the same emotions that that person is feeling but they're not relatable in your ability to kind of like catalyze your own feelings there no absolutely and you brought up the diary thing and i think one thing lyrically i always try to avoid is i never want someone to feel sorry for me if they hear a song of mine i want them to be able to apply their own what what do they feel it's about the listener it's not about me at that moment um, I have my own meanings, obviously, for the lyrics and songs, but I really don't want it to be like a, I, I don't like one-sided like, oh, this person did me wrong and I'm really sad. Like, there's there's two sides of, of every story, and, and this album, I, I really try to keep that in mind. There's songs that borderline on, you know, relationship issues and stuff like that, but I never want it to come across as one-sided and a woe is me type of deal, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no. And I, you know, your songs definitely have an element of melancholy to them, but they're mm-hmm. definitely not sad sack songs. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's trying to avoid that at all costs. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite song from the new album? Like, do you have one that you're like really excited for people to hear that you haven't been able to share yet? Or was that just treasure chest? Um, okay. So there's two that I'm really excited for. There's one that it is called tomb. It's actually going to be the next single I release that sounds, it reminds me of a Smashing Pumpkins song they would have released on like Siamese Dream. Um, and I really like the lyrics and the, the way the vocal performance came out on that and the guitars. I really like the song and I think um, hopefully people will like it as well, but it sounds really full. It's definitely a little bit more laid back than Treasure Chest. It's not as driving. Um, and there's another song, lyrically, my favorite song um, is a song called The Arsonist, which is an, just an acoustic song. It's only like two and a half minutes, three minutes. But to me so far, it is the most um, direct lyrical thing I've ever done as far as it being, it's about a specific situation, but I really feel like it sums up a lot of things very shortly and in a very concise way. And that's always my goal as a songwriter is I want to say a lot of things in the shortest amount of time possible. And this song, I really feel like does it uh, at least decently. I won't say it's... uh, it is not a masterpiece, probably, but I, I think it's pretty darn good. I'm excited to hear it. I uh, I will say, this is something else I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. You have, uh, obviously, single artwork. But in addition to single artwork, you have one of those, like, Spotify, like, I don't know what to call it, phone phone wallpaper things. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, you yeah. Because yeah. you have it. Yeah, what is yeah. that called? What's it called? Uh, Canvas? Is that what it is with a the song spice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I was like, look at Dalton out here. Got himself a canvas. Oh, and I can tell from that photo. <laughs> is that who took that photo? So that was Sam early. That was I knew it. wife. Yep. I knew it. And it's actually, yeah. so what I wanted to do, she took a bunch of different pictures with the same box and the car stuff. I wanted that same subject, but just a different um, portrayal of it. So the you have the single artwork, which is like the car at an angle. And the canvas obviously is like looking down on it, but it's the same thing that's on the single artwork. That was the idea. Well, it looks, it's very cool. Excellent execution. Awesome. Uh, is she going to do your, your finalized artwork that, that you'd talked about earlier? Yeah, she's going to, she's going to do that. And it is going to be, um, I don't want to reveal too much, but it's, it's certainly going to take into account the, 
antiquated technology side of things. We're going to do uh, something with that for sure. I'm super excited about it. Have you, uh, have you thought about doing a little, going out on tour after the COVID is over, doing a little <clears throat> post coronavirus out on the road? Is that something you can do anymore? Are you too much of a, of an adult now? What's the vibe? Um, I'd like to a lot. I actually thought about that recently. What I so right now it's it's me Cooper and uh, my friend Andrew Bezencon um, are playing with me. We're just going to tighten up these songs so we can play them live and, and just know them like the back of our hand. And at that point, if we get the all clear, maybe do a little southern, you know, do a few weekend days here and there, trying to play in like Hattiesburg or New Orleans or something like that, just to see what happens. You know, it's been a while, and I think people are ready to hear some tunes. Mm-hmm. So, but I just want to be prepared to do that. You know, yeah. Well, I'm, I I hope that you can come up here, come near my Atlanta, Georgia. I'll make the drive. There are a couple of spots up here that you would definitely be welcome at. You've definitely got the right sound for. Cool. I'd, I'd love to play in Atlanta. I've never got the chance to, but uh, definitely on my to-do list. So you got a cat? I did. I got another cat today. So, Talk to me about this cat. Uh, his name's Dimitri. He's a big boy. Um, he's like five years old, I think. But um, So pretty chill, pretty laid back. He's a little shy, um, but he's very sweet, and I'm I'm very happy. I'm I'm a true cat dad now. I have two cats, so. What? Hold on. Who is your other cat? My other cat is Camille. She's the first one we got um, last year. Yes, end of last year, and she's uh, she's very demanding, but uh, I love her. So, you know how it is with cats. You never know what you're gonna get. Well, I, I love cats. I think that anyone who has a cat has truly jacked into the matrix, understands that cats are the greatest animals on the entire planet for the most part. No offense to any other. And I love dogs, mm-hmm. but I think there's something about owning a cat. There's no longer a cat in my home, and I'm trying to rectify that situation. Yeah. But also, you can't just rush into a relationship with a cat. You have to find the right cat. Yeah, exactly. That's and I don't want a kitten or anything. I think there's enough animals out there, so mm-hmm. I want to like get a cat from like you know maybe maybe the humane society yeah but that's what um we actually went through a local shelter place to get ours both of ours so if you can support your local shelter that's my mm-hmm. message today i always say spay and neuter your uh your pets mm-hmm. but you know what don't spay and neuter your children yeah don't do that <laughs> that's their choice they get to make that decision themselves exactly <laughs> where did the name dimitri come from dalton no idea that's the name that he had when we got him <laughs> but the thing is he's very distinguished and i was like we're just gonna keep him dimitri it sounded good i was like yeah dimitri he's your gentleman you know same with camille mm. camille was named camille and i was like okay yeah you're camille so do you think that uh, two is the cutoff? Are you going to get any more? Or is it is it like two cats? Now squeeze out some babies. Yeah. Uh, okay. So pretty much it's two cats for sure. That's probably our cap right now. And then, you know, possible children and then reevaluate, see what's going on. But I think two cats is a good mix uh, or the, the max amount I want to do in our house because it's not huge. Um, so we'll see. You guys do have a lovely home, though. We got really lucky with that. Um, for sure. We just, yeah. Whenever I went to your house for <laughs> and I was like, how did, when did Dalton get this house? This is a fucking nice it house. Was, they, the, the issue. So what happened was the people selling the house had, I think multiple buyers at the last minute, something happened and they couldn't buy it. So they just dropped the price 
to a very, very reasonable level. And we were like, let's do it. I mean, it doesn't need anything repaired, really. So got super lucky on it. What year is it? It's 1960. It's been... It's been uh, it's been here for quite a while, but they they remodeled or not remodeled. They kind of reupholstered stuff. They fixed a few things, um, repainted it, and all that. And to me, my litmus test around here is if it was built before Hurricane Ivan and it's still here, it's a pretty sturdy home, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you're in such a good part of town, good part of Pensacola. I think that you're in the interior of your home is absolutely beautiful, and I can definitely tell, yeah, that it's had a little bit of a little bit of up to love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love those, man. I love those, those older style homes. My parents have a house that was built in 2000 and it's a great house to live in or whatever. But I was mm-hmm. just like, it looks like every other house that was built in 2000. They all look exactly the same. Yeah. Every person who ha- owns a home from the turn of the uh, turn of the century, turn yeah. of the millennium. Yeah. Same. My parents, they built the house I grew up in. They built it in 2001 and it was I mean, yeah, it's it's. I love it. I think it's a great house, but you're definitely right. It looks like a house built in 2001. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Do you guys plan on uh, ever ever? I mean, surely you might not live in that home for the rest of your life. But mm-hmm. do you have a uh, do you have plans in the the long run for what you would be looking for in a new home? Honestly, I like the way our house is set up right now. So if we can just pretty much, if we're gonna have kids, you know, have enough. Uh, rooms for them you know and then just give me a space for my music stuff and computer give emily a space for her to do her crafts and then i love the i love the living room and kitchen being a one big area and i want to keep Mm -hmm. that because i think it's because i can cook and do stuff and emily's here and we just get to hang out instead of oh we walk around this wall and yell at me through the little cupboard when you know what i'm saying um, yeah, I love having an open floor plan like that. I've been yeah. in a lot of homes that feel a little more boxy. And mm-hmm. even though your house isn't huge, you have a very decent size home. You know what yeah. I mean? Like perfect yeah. for you guys. Mm-hmm. But like it feels so much bigger because of that big living room. Yeah. Right? Oh, and that's that's why we got it. Because when we walked in, it was just this pretty big room. And I was like, that's great because we can just have everything in here. And then the kitchen's right here. And we can have people over. Um and they can feel comfortable and just go where they need to go instead of all cram into the den and watch the Brady Bunch. We're not going to be doing that. So, <laughs> what are you guys in a three bedroom? Uh, it's one, two. Uh, te- yeah, technically, it'd be three bedroom. Yeah. Mm, okay. I uh, you know one of the things I I'm not crazy about living in Atlanta is I, I I love it here, but I will never be able to own a home in Atlanta. Probably at least not like. I, I could own a home in Atlanta, you know, but mm-hmm. to me, you just go 15 miles outside of the perimeter of Atlanta and you can get twice the size of a home, yeah. Yeah. Well, a much nicer home for generally less. I like the houses outside of my apartment complex right now are like refurbished homes from the 1940s. And uh, it's not really like a, I don't live in a great area mm-hmm. and they're like starting in the in the high four hundred thousands, and you're like, yeah. hey, really interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. In Pensacola, Florida, for four hundred thousand dollars, you could get a house so big and nice that you wouldn't know what to do with it. You know? Yeah. In the right part of town. Exactly. In the right yeah. part of town. Because some some parts of town, as you know, it is insanity. It does not match up. The prices don't match what is going on. Mm-hmm. So closer to downtown you are, it gets ridiculous. But that's why I'm not downtown. <laughs> 
But you know what? It's to me, it feels like Atlanta everywhere is downtown priced. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that you live right at the border of Atlanta in like a a neighborhood with a. You know what? I love my neighborhood. It's the neighborhood that Gucci Mane got arrested for selling coke in. <laughs> it is the neighborhood that rappers talk about in their mixtapes a lot, and I love that. You know. Mm-hmm. I every year at Christmas, Gucci Mane puts on his Christmas attire and comes out as the East Atlanta Santa. Oh, that's awesome! He has all the good little girls and boys their uh, their their mixtapes and their their thirty inch blades for their sick whips. <laughs> that's awesome. What are you driving these days, Dalton? What's what's on? What's the whip? Uh, the whip is a 2012 Honda Civic Coupe. So mm. yeah. Gets good mileage. That's my main thing. Good I, hey, mileage. I love mileage. the Honda Civic. Yeah. I if you know, I'm I I currently drive a Japanese car, a Toyota Prius. I love mm-hmm. the Prius. Yeah, I if I weren't going to own one of those, I would certainly appreciate owning a Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that I would like to maybe make the transition over to Subaru Outback at some point. Oh yeah, I mean that would be awesome. I only ask because I could just so see you driving a Subaru Outback. Like I feel like that is just like <laughs> would be such a Dalton Wright vehicle. I'm actually a sucker for. I'm not like a huge car guy, but I love classic cars. So if I ever funds magically appear, um, I really want to get an old school like muscle car. Uh, that's been a dream of mine since I was a kid, and I still want to. That's that's a goal of mine. Eventually, when I, maybe when I end up, when I'm older, can try to do that. You know. Hey, you know what? You're being smart about it. I feel like you, you know, you have a, a job that is sought after in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. You have a, a steady sense of income and I'm out here and sometimes um, I'll talk to people and they're like, it's so cool what job you do to me. And it's like, I, you know, what would be really cool is like health insurance and <laughs> having, uh, you know, days off that I could take when I felt sick. And yeah not being out of a job every three months or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself ever doing anything else professionally, Dalton? I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of in it right now, you know, with what I do currently. And I really think the only other thing I would be interested in is trying to, uh, to do the music thing more seriously. Specifically, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but if I was ever in a position to write songs for people, that is the dream because – that um, I find the most fulfillment artistically is writing songs, uh, not even performing. I much prefer the construction and the process of doing that. If I got paid to do that, then you can, that's, that's good. I can call it a day. Have you ever thought about like moving to Nashville, doing something I, like that? That's a real thing people can do. Oh, yeah. You can't have that as a job. No, I know. I, I went to Nashville in 2016 for a second, uh, just a few gigs. And, it wasn't really for me. I met some really cool people. Everyone was super nice. But the problem, I feel like, and the, country music has become very, um, there's a formula at this point. And this is the same for pop music or really any popular genre of music right now. There's such a formula that trying to break through writing, uh, I don't know how. I think all I can do is be honest with what I like myself and maybe pitch that is, hey, this is some like adult contemporary that is maybe a little more emotionally based than like, I don't know, vague thoughts on, you know how it is now with like 
pop music kind of it's like the lyrics are not a big thing it's like what okay we're having a good time cool you know it's probably going to be four chords and three minutes exactly you know but mm-hmm. yeah nashville wasn't really for me um maybe it's different now that there has been some breakout artists that are a little more traditional and i'm not like a country music uh person myself as far as performing but i really enjoy the songs and i have tried to write some stuff kind of like that so maybe down the line you never know mm-hmm. i will say you know nashville not just a country music mecca though obviously it's a country music mm-hmm. super location yeah um but there are a lot of people making a lot of different really interesting kinds of music and a lot of independent singer songwriters writing mm-hmm. and recording and a lot of people go to nashville to get their start the same way that they would go to la or new york just because it's a slightly more affordable place to kind of get off your feet yeah you know yeah i don't know maybe down the line i i, I wouldn't mind trying to play shows again the shows were fun i had a really good time mm-hmm. um and i don't think emily's ever been so we could go and hang out and i don't know see what happens I would love to just see the Dalton, the next Dalton Wright tour. I want to see that tour documentary, like Spinal Tap, but it's just you guys just like at like a vineyard for half a day before oh, you man. get tired. It's so funny, like with um <laughs> with Slugger, like we always joke about like if like oh we're you know a metal band, what happens? It would be me, Coop, and Tanner talking about Steely Dan, and then we would probably go get some like go to a brewery and hang out, and then oh let's go play a show, play the show, and then hey let's go to sleep. Like that's it. Like we're the most laid back, like not intense musicians playing metal today. I can probably guarantee that. And Slugger is a an intense band. I love Slugger. I know that there's only have you guys have officially released what one demo tape? We've got a demo tape, and we we've actually been recording some stuff that um, we're really excited about. Uh, we just got to finish up a few songs, um, but we're we're a three piece now, and we're writing more bare bones, just stoner metal you know, riffing and chugging, you know, um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun at the very least. It'll be our own sound. We've, we've taken some time to really kind of hone that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Tanner has one of the most interesting voices of any person I've ever heard. And mm-hmm. the first time I heard Tanner sing, I was like, I don't know about that. But then the third time I heard Tanner sing, I was like, this fucking rocks. I love whatever Tanner is doing with his mouth. That's, that's the thing is like when Tanner sings, it is, I've had multiple people say like, we know immediately it's Slugger. Like, you know it is Tanner singing because no one – I describe it as an angry imp. Like, he's just <laughs> – he's like – he's because he kind of does a growly thing, um, but you know it's him immediately. But and it also I think, sounds exactly like his talking voice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's just like more kind of yeah. angry. It's really funny, but it works. It works for Slugger, I feel like. It does. I think it does too. I love the Slugger demo tape online. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I like to sometimes uh, – play a, a, a Dalton Wright and evening in track for one of my friends and be like, do you like this? And he's mm-hmm. like, let me play you my boy's other band slugger. And I go play the <laughs> slugger demos. Uh, they're like, what? you're a varied man. You know, I was listening to, cause you, we went, me and you and Corey just played a show in St. Augustine. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago. And while I was there, we were recording with Tyler Fieldhouse from the holdouts for a, uh, split EP yeah. that I did with him and his band, the holdouts and miniature philosopher. Mm-hmm. And one of my songs, I was like, well, if we're just going to record here. What are we going to do? It was like, definitely one of those, like we're fly by the seat of our pants yeah, and yeah. I recorded. And then I was like, we need to put Dalton. Will you put a lead guitar solo in here? <laughs> in the yeah, like, silly folk punk song because um, you, and, and like, 
I was like, well, he's going to need he's going to need 30 minutes to figure something out and it's going to be rushed and it's probably just going to be whatever. It's just kind of a joke. It's fine. Yeah. And you did like one take just riffing over what I was doing mm-hmm. a good like and it was a really long it should have probably it been was. 16 bars. It was like 32 <laughs> bars. And you just like shredded. And then it just went right back into me just like kind of fucking around on the acoustic guitar for another yeah. 45 seconds. I love it. Oh, it was fun. I remember that. Like I think in the track you go, the solo is longer than we expected <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, yeah. Because yeah. I was playing and I kept looking. And I was like, okay, I guess we're, we're going. You know, We're in it yeah, now. I was giving you like keep going, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun though. I remember that. That was that was a really good time. Those are the good old days. You know, when I think of the good old days these days, you know what I think about since we're in Kawubu and quarantine? Think of being able to go to shows and stuff in general or I, I think about our group chat. That's where I hang out okay, with my friends. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. The That's... group chat. And you know, I do I participate in the group chat? Almost never. But you get to see. Everyone, stuff. we should talk about group chats for a second. And I know that we're going to specifically talk about our group chat, mm-hmm. but everybody has group chats, specifically their boys' group chat, mm-hmm. a place where like you can just go and take your shoes off, and you can just post the stupidest memes on the entire internet. Yeah, and ask each other questions about which Steely Dan track is the best Steely Dan track. Yeah, it, what I like about our our boy chat is that it's not. It's almost always like oh man, you know, something happened today and I'm upset. Or it's like, hey, here's this funny image or here's a quite a random question. It's never, I don't know. I feel like it's never really overtly negative in a way. It's always mm-hmm. at least trying to, we're trying to support each other and it doesn't deal with like, we don't talk about women ever. Obviously I'm married, so I don't care anymore. Um, but it's never, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not bro. Women. Yeah. It's not bro-ish, which I really, really like. Cause man, that is cringe to me. Yeah, and you know, as a as an adult man who is not particularly broy, I'm a little faux broy sometimes, but I also like, you know, like re- like respect women and care about people's feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just really hard to find four guys to be friends with who none of them are a piece of shit. And <laughs> uh, you're right. I mean, it's like, I feel like it's the the lucky part about getting to hang out in in the group chat with the boys. And since the coronavirus, it has been so much more important. Before that, I like I was like, oh great, now I get a now I get a notification four times a day yeah. about some shit I don't want to read. And now it's like, yes, this is where my this is where my fellowship happens. Yeah, agreed. I man, yeah, it just I never really did the group chat thing. Even like when I was younger, it was always. Just, I saw my, my pals at school and stuff like that, but this mm-hmm. has been, it's been fun. I enjoy it. We'll continue it. Hopefully. One thing I, I like is there's a very, there's a balance because you and I are very chill, laid back dudes. Mm-hmm. I think that is, can we agree to that? Oh that yeah. You and I are chill and laid back. Definitely. And Tanner and Nathan, are Tanner not. Yeh, who will be on the show, Nathan Morona, who has been on the show in the past, mm-hmm. just two of the most aggro people I've ever met. And they're not, <laughs> they're not broy and they're not douchey no, and no, they're no, not no, no. negative, but they're very high. They're passionate. And they're very, How about that? Like, this is thing is, yeah, passionate yep. is the word. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes and I and I, I I think that I pick up a little bit of it because if I didn't have them, I would be too chill. Mm-hmm. Right? I wouldn't be worried about anything. But then, yeah. you know, Tanner will just he'll tell me something that I'm supposed to be angry about. And I'll be like, Well, I'm not gonna be angry about it, but I'm glad I know what I should be mad about. Thank Tanner, you. He'll come in hot. I mean, he's coming in hot sometimes. Just nine AM, it's like, Oh my this happened and I'm like Jeez, sorry, man. <laughs> Same with Nate. Nate will just appear and just be like, 
oh, you know, oh, it just sucks, man. Like, and then just go on about something, and it's like, <laughs> it's a great Nate impression. He's like, it oh, just, just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. You know, it's so funny. Do you uh, do you feel like it's obviously harder right now to make friends, but it is definitely harder as you get older to make friends. Do you do you feel like you're locked in? Are you like I'm good? These are my friends basically forever. Um, yeah, I can't I, say that. I feel well, I like say, I can't say that we'll yeah. never lose our friends. But like, if I were to lose my friends, like I don't, I have no idea how to make a friend now. That's not something I can do. I honestly, this was something I, I was talking to someone else about. This last year is the first time in a long time I feel like I didn't make a new friend. Uh, a truly a new friend. Usually every year I just meet people and I try to stay in contact and I, you know, stay friends with people. I try to, but last year because of everything going on, I didn't get a chance to do that. And that sucks. Um, I am pretty darn locked in with the groups I have now, like my pals. I mean, I've known these, a lot of these people since I was, you know, in elementary school or middle school, we still stay in contact and, and hang out and talk. And even then there's people more recently that I got to know through work that are really cool. And I'll, you know, the more I can, I, I love meeting new people. So I think I'm going to try to keep expanding that circle, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you're such an amiable person and such an easy person to be friends with. You're very emotionally available. It's one of your best qualities. Also incredibly emotionally intelligent, Dalton. I try. I really try. I don't want to never want to be a jerk to anyone. And I try to read the room as it were when I'm, when I'm talking with someone, you know, cause I, such a like Tanner, sometimes you know, it's going through stuff. I'm not going to like, Oh, let me, here's a meme for you. Let me, Oh, let, let's talk pal. What's going on? You mm-hmm. know, try to be, try to be decent. You know, do you, do you know what your Myers Briggs type is? I don't, I still need to do that. I've been wanting to do that for a while. Mm, if I had to guess, I would say you're probably an intuitive feeler. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Would you consider yourself more of an extrovert or an introvert? You kind of ride that line. Probably more extroverted. I definitely feel, I feel very energized in a group. Um, I Emily will tell you that a lot, a lot of times when I'm if I'm at a, a an event, I become like the I won't say center of attention, but I definitely kind of drive conversation and stuff with mm-hmm. groups of people because I like to talk to everybody. I don't want if I see someone by themselves, I have to go see what's going on. I can't. I don't just like huddle up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes, especially when I'm doing music, I do feel introverted and not in a bad way. I'm just very focused and I'm very much trying to like you know, uh, especially lyric writing. I'm like, I'm here in my mind and I'm thinking what I want to do, mm-hmm. but mostly I would say extroverted like 90% of the time. Yeah. I think everybody's kind of on a spectrum there too. I'm, I would be wary if anyone said that they were a hundred percent extroverted. I've definitely become a lot more introverted, uh, both from moving to Atlanta, but also during the coronavirus and just having fewer people in my life. I used to be the kind of person it was like, and you knew me through the peak of this time, which was like, I did something. I had to do something every day with yeah. people. Yeah, I yeah. like had to be around people and mm. I was emotionally drained by that. And I didn't realize it at the time. I was like, if I want to be less emotionally drained, I need to be around more people because mm-hmm. really part of it was just that I needed to spend some time with myself and thinking about myself and thinking mm-hmm. about my own thoughts and working through my own shit. And now yeah. that I'm kind of more proud of the person that I am and more confident in the person that I am. I think that is when I'm like, that is why I'm now uh, perfectly happy to spend an entire weekend at home alone by myself and, and not really feel like I'm missing out on anything. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally get that. I feel like, see, I, I feel like I took the line we were talking about like bro stuff. 
I love, there's certain things I love that are bro-ish. Like I love sports. I really genuinely, I played sports in high school. I was a varsity guy. I know that, that side of the world, um, combat sports, fighting, all that stuff. Cool. But there's also the other side that's like the more, you know, songwriting and like stuff like that. That's much more introverted and not all, not usually associated with masculinity. And I think I try to strike that balance between I'm a man, but I'm also, I'm aware of who I am and I'm not afraid to express myself and let my feelings be known because there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, you have just woke up from the whole fucking matrix, Dalton. Okay. You are, you are truly one of the, I'm telling you, you, when I think about in the back of my mind, I'm like people, people who they got, I'm not going to say you've got it all figured out. Nobody has it all. Yeah, definitely not a guy who's, brain is doing the right thing that it's supposed to be doing I'm like mm-hmm. there's dalton out there you know Try, i i look up <laughs> to you as both a, a friend a confidant a songwriter you're a, you're a beautiful and wonderful man dalton right do you have anything to plug before i kick you off of my show uh just artifacts uh coming out probably in may uh new single coming out probably let me look at my calendar i can give it a date actually let me look here while you're looking for that i will ask can we can we play treasure chest at the end of this show Oh, by all means, please do. That'd be awesome. Yay. Um, we look one, two, three. I'm probably looking at April 9th is going to be the next single that's going to be released a few weeks away. So just keep playing Treasure Chest over and over um, <laughs> until then, I guess. Where, can, I where else can people find you? I know, is it daltonwright.bandcamp.com? Actually, every, so the music is on Spotify and on Apple Music right now. Um, for like Instagram purposes, um, Dalton Wright Music. Facebook, Music of Dalton Wright. Uh, but on Spotify, I have all the links for my like social media if you want to check that out. And also, that's going to be where my songs are going. So, just Dalton Wright on Spotify. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you for coming on, and I appreciate you, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. Thanks, Al. It was a pleasure, and have a good rest of your evening. If you can't tell, it's being recorded from a different chair than normal today. It's a, a Barcelona-style chair. Very interesting. Howdy Strangers is an unfunny production. If you like the show, please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or like where I don't know that anyone actually rates or reviews or listens to podcasts anywhere else. You, you definitely can't do that on Spotify, which I would like to rectify at some point. Um, if you like the show, also share it with a friend. Find me on Twitter slash the show on Twitter at at howdy underscore strangers. Find us on Instagram at at howdy dot strangers. And, uh, oh my God, what is that approaching in the distance? It's a wild uh, Dalton Wright song, Treasure Chest. Go download it on the internet.
Yeah.